Hey, welcome again. We're here with Jenny Shafitz. She is a life coach who uses breath work in her support of sports fans and fan or well, sports stars and families, <laughs> upcoming stars, I suppose. She specializes in helping people to have that um, that extra help they need through the effects of of living a heavily sports-centered life. And she has recently expanded into using breath work as well. So we're glad to have you because I know a lot of people listening will have kids in sports and need to know maybe how far they should or maybe know what will be required of them if they want to keep proceeding down that route. But first, can we back up and just start with um, your background, where you grew up and who you are and how you came to do what you're doing? Yeah. Hi, Jeannie. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah. So so my name is Jenny and wow. I really appreciate being on the show. Um, I grew up in New England, born and raised and been here most of my life. And I love sports. I have not always been involved as an athlete, uh, but I've just always loved and appreciated from the sidelines. Uh, I, I was involved when I was told to be. <laughs> um, I, I enjoyed it a little bit. Uh, I've always liked tennis. That was kind of my go-to. Uh, I always took lessons as a kid and participated on uh, school teams. And I was a skier most of my life. I, I if, if you follow the trend, I liked the individual sports. Um, I always felt a bit of pressure on team sports. Kind of felt like I couldn't carry my weight. So I felt that pressure that I didn't, um, I couldn't help the team out as much and then felt uh, responsible if I, you know, got the ball and then didn't, didn't score or didn't pass it to the right person or flubbed if, if it was given to me and then, um, you know, if it was field hockey and then I botched it or, you know, um, just, you know, kind of fumbled it around um, or if it was basketball, I shot and then, you know, hit the rim or air ball. Uh, so, you know, I, I just kind of kind of blew it with team sports. So I stuck with tennis, stuck with skiing, um, but but never good enough to to pursue anything long term. So I, I stuck with the recreational version. And and certainly loved my role as a fan and and just pursued that, pursued that version really well. Um, and then grew my love of football, uh, American football um, and uh, as a fan also. Um, I, I uh, twisted and turned in my career choices found my way into entrepreneurship once I had children and tried a, a few different a few different roles. Um, stuck with baking uh, for quite a few years, did did a home-based um, company for uh, over 10 years. And then coincidentally, decided to close up shop right before the pandemic hit. So that was just, yeah, the stars aligned there. 
Um, I couldn't have timed that better. Um, and then while in lockdown, I started working with a life coach for personal reasons and just, I don't know, I, I got a nudge from the universe that this was something for me that, um, that this was, this was a path I wanted to travel. And so I got certified in life coaching and the, uh, the woman who certified me also certified in breath work. And so I, I, uh, decided to do that course of study with her and, and that, that was it. That was, that was the, the, the universe's design for me. And all along the way, I was still an avid sports fan. And so it just seemed like I needed to somehow commingle my love of sports and my passion for coaching and supporting folks who, who had gaps and had, um, the same, the same, um, uh, I guess yearning for guidance that I did. And so I figured somehow marry the two. There's, there's, a very unique combination. Yeah. Um, when, we, <laughs> when we first spoke and we were talking back and forth and you said, well, I, I like to coach families who have kids that are going through sports and growing up and going through that. And I thought, I have never heard of somebody who has specialized to that degree before in life coaching. And I want to know, how does that actually work? Like when you, first off, how do you find those families that need your help? And secondly, who in the family do you help? Is it the, I know a lot of moms do a lot of the chauffeuring and the helping and the buying and the supporting and the cheering, all of that. Is it the whole family? Is it individuals? But just yeah. give us a little bit of a rundown. Yeah, good questions. Um, so let's see, it's, um, let's see, what was what was the first question? Um, so how do I find people? Um, it's it's a lot of different ways. I mean, luckily we live in a digital world, so a lot of it is online. It's it's social media. It's Instagram. It's Facebook. It's email blasts. It's um, finding people through those those methods. Um, it's word of mouth. It's putting that information out into the the hands, the eyes of people I know. Um, and it's, uh, podcasts, uh, that's, that's another, another, um, option. Uh, as far as who it's the athlete and it could be a teen athlete or a college age athlete, um, younger than that is not likely. Uh, I don't want to say it's not possible, but um, typically the buy-in has to be there. And so the buy-in usually 
takes place at an older age, someone who's so committed to their sport that they're committed to the, the work. And so, uh, you know, I, I think back to when I was in high school, one of my closest friends was on the junior tennis tour. Um, I mean, she was planning to go pro had it not been for an injury in college. Um, she was working with a sports psychologist and this was back 30 years ago. Um, you know, years before it was so commonplace, she bought in, she bought in at 15 or 16. And so that that's not likely to happen at 12 or 13. Um, someone who's buying into the workouts, the nutrition, the sleep hygiene. Um, so, you know, someone who's thinking about college recruiting, someone who's really thinking about, you know, the, what it takes to be an elite athlete. Um, so the, the, the athlete, also the, the parents, um, a lot of parents are conflicted. They're challenged. They're struggling with, uh, the strain of, of who's going where, who's, who, if, if it's, um, you know, I don't, I don't know what it's like in the UK or in, uh, you know, Australia, New Zealand, but in the States, club teams are so, are so common. So you've got families that are going out of state, cross country over on weekends. And so the travel, the financial strain, um, they're not taking family vacations. They're they're going on family trips to tournaments. Their kids are not necessarily going to summer camps for recreation. They're going to summer camps for building skills and conditioning. So these are costly. And it's it's a family commitment. And, and so that family is deciding as a unit, we're all doing this sport. And yeah, and so that family is, is not necessarily having family game night playing Scrabble. They're having family game night going to lacrosse. And so that family might need some, some help meditating some help doing breath work because they are feeling so, so amped up because Timmy lost his game earlier today. And what does that mean? Are the scouts not going to be looking at Timmy? What, what does that mean for their future? Have all of their, you know, finances gone into um, a lost cause? What does that mean for their future? Yeah, this is serious stuff. And and so for those of us who don't have kids in this, um, you know, in this activity, our kids play piano or our kids do uh, volunteer work, we might be sitting back thinking, give me a break. This is ridiculous. It's just lacrosse. We're not we're not invested in this. So we, we might think nothing of it. But for the families that have invested tens of thousands, if not more dollars and hours 
and tears into this and maybe injuries. You know, let's not forget the physical injuries and the the uh, recovery and, you know, the rehab that's gone into it. There's There's a lot to take into consideration and these families need some here in my, in my breath, they need to breathe. They need to exhale and they need to learn how to self-care. And I'm not talking about a manicure. Yeah. It's, it's more than a massage. It's, it's how do we take care of, of the, of the body from the inside? Thank you. Yeah. That was the long-winded answer. <laughs> That's okay. So from listening to what you just said, it sounds to me, I can almost picture everything you spoke about, the money, the time, the stress, all of that, like a huge funnel and the tip of the funnel, what everything comes down to and creates most pressure is the child athlete or the not child, you know, teenager, the, the one who is actually performing the injuries. It feels like it could easily be an overwhelming pressure. Yeah. So is that where you come in then? Yeah. Yeah. It's um, yeah. This, this, the, I, I guess I shouldn't say student. It's not always a student. It, it could be, it's most likely a student, but yeah, the, the, the kid feels enormous pressure to, do well. And it's a, it's a huge burden to carry. And I mean, I've, I've even heard kids say, um, and I, I don't even know if I mentioned the mental component of, I've heard kids say, I can't miss practice because then coach won't play me. So if, if a kid is feeling overwhelmed about upcoming academic uh, components. It doesn't matter. It's, I can't, I can't study for that test. I can't take practice. I can't tell coach, uh, I need to study for that test or work on that project because if I miss practice, then I won't get played in Friday night's game. And so there's, there's just, there's a whole lot of factors coming into, um, yeah, into play. And it's just a swirling storm. How does that, how does that go with, um, like you were talking about academics, I know they have to keep up academic standards or else they're not eligible for sports teams as well. Do you find some parents tend to want to step in and supplement or just do for that student so the student can devote themselves to the, whatever sport it is they've, they've chosen? Do you find that that sometimes happens? And if it does, how do you deal with that? Well, I think there's, different um I think there's a whole a whole lot of different things that go on I mean there are certainly a lot of a lot of elite athletes are such superstars I mean I should probably use quotes for that because they are such well-oiled machines at this point that they 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 have they have a system. They, I know one athlete that I've spoken to that it it is hard for me to believe. I mean, I do believe it, but it was hard for me to believe at first 
She doesn't watch TV. She, at least not during her primary sports season, she just doesn't. She is all business and she is taking all high level classes because she she's on a mission to go to um, a, uh, you know, an elite institution, um, you know, whatever, uh, whatever we call it, you know, a, a college, a, an advanced um, academic institution. So she, she has a system for her academics. So she's getting it done. But then I think you also have the students who are getting help from their parents, getting um, assistance at home. Then you have those certain kids who are getting a free pass at school. Okay. There are teachers who are maybe um, excusing certain things. You know, that was the star football player. So uh, we're going to cut him some slack you know, uh, excuse certain errors or kind of grade him on a curve. So I think there's, there's just a lot of, a lot of things going on, a a lot of different scenarios. Um, and then, you know, that there are kids that, that are getting tutors and getting like, they're, they're getting help, um, because they can't, if they're going to so many games and going to so many tournaments, they can't possibly, I mean, our, um, at my own kids' high school, when there's ski, my daughter's on the ski team, when there's ski races and they have to get to the mountain for ski races, they have to miss the last period of the day. So, Okay, they're they're missing the last period of the day for every race. How 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 is that possible that those kids are missing a certain number of classes for that entire winter season? And and not, I mean, for my daughter, that would mean a lab, a lab science. How is that possible? How how do you possibly miss a lab? science and not and not you know I mean what do you do what do you do how do you how do you make that up um you know that's not something that's not like not that I'm I'm diminishing other subjects but you know if it's English maybe you can read the book on your own but how do you make up a lab on your own how are you doing that so it's uh it's definitely an interesting quandary So you're helping them, do you help them come up with sort of customized plans for their situation and their sport and their life and get it all, well, I know for myself, when I'm involved in something and I'm very passionate about it, the first thing that goes is any sort of, um, what would you call it, some recreational TV, any of that, that's, that's instantly gone. And I find I don't miss it because I'm so fulfilled in what I'm doing. So I can relate to that student Mm -hmm. and what she Mm -hmm. was saying. Do you help them to come up with a plan to help them have that, that combination of, well, it's hard to, I guess it had to be really personalized, wouldn't it? Yeah. Really, because 
if if that's what they want. I I don't love to think of myself as an accountability coach or um, a strategy coach. I mean, that's that's not. I don't love to think of myself that way. Really, what I I come in with is, uh, and I probably wouldn't market myself because uh, I don't think a kid would appreciate this, but I'd la- I like to come in with the touchy-feely stuff. Um, that's my strength um, because I think there's other people that um, that are better at the strategy. Um what I, what I would excel at is, is that, that emotional component, what they're not going to get elsewhere. Um, because what they really do need is to slow down, to pause and to check in with their bodies. Cause that's not what they're doing when they're go, 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 go at practice at, at, uh, shuttling around to all their different uh, tournaments and, you know, running through the drive-through and um, it, that's what they're doing. They're running around so much. They're not checking in with themselves. And I mean, they're like ships passing in the night with their family members. And what they need to do is kind of assess what are we doing? How are we feeling with the different members of their family? And, and just, and just kind of stop and kind of do a body scan of what's, what's going on, where, what am I feeling? Where am I feeling it in my body? Because when they do that, and I actually did this with my son recently, my son's 18 and he's a senior in high school and he's applying to college. And that's a big decision, needing to decide where do you want to go? What's your first choice? And it's it's a it's an important decision. And I said, how are you equipped to make that decision, that big, bold, huge decision? So if you're going to make a huge decision like that, you need to, you know, I, I think that it's a visceral, intuitive decision. So how do you know what your body's feeling if if you've never checked in with your body? We all have an intuition, okay? So, and I, and I just learned this a few years ago when I started doing this personal growth work. You know, have you ever heard someone say, I don't, I don't think I have an intuition. Like, I don't know what my body's feeling. I think, well, most people I've spoken to would just say they felt something. They wouldn't really question it one way or other. It just, they all had that feeling. Yeah. Right. When I started doing personal growth work, I'd never, I had been so numb for so long. Like I, I'd I'd felt so uncomfortable in my body for so many years. Mm. I, I, and for a lot of people who've had trauma or um, gone through rough times, if you don't want to use the T word, if you've gone through uncomfortable times, you don't feel safe in your body. You numb out, you you have your uh, numbing out uh, options, whether it's food, shopping, social media, overwork, 
Okay. We all have our uh, athletics, staying busy with sports. We all have ways to avoid feeling uncomfortable things. So we, we need to find a way to check in with our bodies. So I said, um, a good way to do that, start checking in with yourself, feeling your intuition is to start asking yourself basic questions, basic yes, no questions that you already know the answer to, but you could say to yourself, like, do, do I love pizza? Okay. You know, the answer to that, that's going to be a, a strong yes or no, but notice in your body where you feel that something's going to light up. Do you feel it in your gut? Do you feel it in your heart? Do you feel it in your in your face, do you, like, does your throat light up? Does something like? Do, do you feel that somewhere? Okay, and and you could do that with other questions. Like, is there is there like a? Do you have a best friend? Do you have a boy at school you like? Do you have a favorite TV show? Do you where? Do you have a special place? Like, do you love the beach? Do you? Okay, so you start asking yourself those, and you and you can get these intuitive hits. Then you can go with that more significant question and then you can start asking that um those those sports questions like the do I want to go to this tournament do I want to sign up for this team is this too much is this extra practice um you know too much for me is this should I should I um call out for this game do I really need to be doing double sessions do I and you can start assessing whether you're taking too much on. And you can do this as a family. That's the kind of work I would rather do versus let's take a look at your calendar and block out time or, you know, meal prep or, you know, I would rather be doing that, the, the somatic work. That makes more sense. I think that because instead of figuring out how do I juggle everything, figure out what do I want to juggle in the first yeah. place. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. So it sounded kind of like it made me think of a polygraph as you were talking. You start with those introductory, easy questions just to get yeah. you used to your body and then move into the things that are more consequential. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. So right. is that what you would do with a session? Could you? Was that just the general outline of a session that you would do with somebody? Uh, that that could be that could be um, that could be something that we part do. of it. <laughs> but um, once we once we figure out how we want to work together, what I really like to do, well, I should I shouldn't have an agenda is really what it comes down to. It it's really um, determined by the client what you would like to do with me but one tool is breath work i mean that is a uh a favorite tool that i bring to the table um and it is a very powerful tool that is um that's why it's one of my favorites uh and one that i i like to encourage clients at least try because it is it's just such um 
the reason it's so powerful is because it doesn't involve us talking about anything. It's you and your body. And then I just guide a session. Um, so it really just allows the, the client, the breather to have their own journey and, and do, uh, do what needs to be done and have their own experience. So I, um, have actually taught a few breathing courses myself. And I, I remember years ago, I read breath by James Nestor and it changed. Yes. My whole, it really did. Um, wonderful book. Yep. And I, I love using breath work. I think it's wonderful. However, if someone was listening just now and they just heard what you said, they're going to think it sounds a bit ungrounded. It, you know, there was nothing um, solid that they can say, okay, this is what it's mm. going to do. Yeah. So it's hard to explain because it's something that you, like you said, you experience yeah. it in your body and it can yeah. actually release trauma. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really explain that, but maybe we could give it some solid maybe we could advocate for it in a really solid way so people can understand what the actual benefits are instead of it's, it's hard to try to capture feelings into words, but maybe yeah. we could try a little bit to advocate for breathwork. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Cause it's like, it's hard to explain how fun dancing is. If you've never, if you've never been dancing, it's hard to explain if you've never jumped off the end of a diving board and cannonballed into a pool, that free feeling of, of going off the end of a diving board. I mean, you've seen people, maybe you've seen people do that so you could have a visual, but that experience of jumping into a pool, if you've never done that, you just don't know how that feels and how fun it is. Um, so there's a lot of things in life that if you've never done, you just don't know how incredible it is that you just have to do. Um, but lying and there's, and there's different um, options for a breathwork session, but lying on a floor or lying on a bed, wherever you want to lie comfortably. And I create a unique playlist of music that is tailored to the client's intention. And what that means is if a client says, I wanna feel more calm, I wanna feel more happy, I wanna feel um, like I want to, um, you know, beat the snot out of my coach. Um, I want, you know, I, I wanna, break free from my coach. I feel like my coach is, has a, a too strong of a grip on me. And I want to feel, that's what I mean. You know, if I, I feel like my coach has a too strong of a grip on me and I want to feel freer, that can be a real sensation that someone wants to feel. I want to feel more powerful. I want to feel more, um, you, you get the idea. Like it's a, it's a, it's a feeling that you would like to, bring into your system. Okay. I want to feel like a champion. Um, then I would choose songs to encapsulate that. I would also choose a breath pattern. Okay. So for the listeners, 
we all breathe throughout the day. And the problem is not only do we does it, do our bodies breathe for us, but when we're stressed out, a lot of times our bodies are holding our breath in many stressful situations. But when we are breathing, we're shallow breathing. We're, we're, we're almost hyperventilating in stressful situations. So we're using the, is it the top third of our lungs when we're in that usually around there? It's, it's definitely not the full lung capacity. Oh, oh absolutely not. We are not deep um, diaphragmatic breathing for sure. Um, and so what we want to do is, is, and, and we're doing it in a very tense way, you know, with our bodies in a rigid, um, tense uh, posture, um, which is just so uncomfortable. So many of us, by the end of the day, we feel our, our bodies hurt. And it's for, for the parents too, who might not have even done a workout that day. All they did was sit in the bleachers, their bodies hurt. And it's because their shoulders were, were up at their ears and their hands were clenched, their jaws were clenched and they were shallow breathing. Well, it sounds like they did a static workout. <laughs> right. The right. They, they weren't even doing anything, but because of their terrible posture, the terrible, you know, body position and their terrible breathing, they, their bodies hurt. Um, so we're lying completely relaxed, listening to the music that goes with the intention they want to bring in. And I suggest a breath pattern that aligns with that. And so the breath pattern could be as simple as just a deep inhale through the nose and a deep exhale from the mouth. It could be as simple as that, or it could be something that's uh, strictly nose breathing, strictly mouth breathing. It, it will depend on, on their intention, but there are a variety of patterns that people aren't even aware of that, you know, you can mix up the way you breathe. And we will do that for a, a period of time. It could be 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And the idea is to get out of our busy, chaotic, constantly ruminating, um, negative mind chatter and just drop into the body. That is the point. And when we do that, we just allow the body to take over. That's it. We don't have an agenda. I certainly don't have an agenda as the facilitator. And I invite the breather to the only, the only agenda, and I have air quotes, is to welcome in the intention of whatever they chose. So if it's to feel like a champion, let's say, then I would, I would suggest a mantra. I desire to feel like a champion. 
uh, that would be that would be the you know the simplest version, something like that, and that's it. Wow. Yeah, breathwork is like you said. There's so many different types that you can do, and they can help in a lot of different ways. But it sounds like um, it's really good for these super hyper busy families and athletes yeah. to yeah. just yeah to regain that breath and relax. I, th- I think people underestimate because. Like you said, in our world, we're so tense so much of the time. But if you never relax, you never have the opposite. You can never fully go at your full peak if you don't relax. That makes sense. You've got to have the back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. And for the parents that are that are doing all of the shuffling and the and feeling so responsible, you know, they, they might have a totally different session and it might be, I allow, I surrender. I, um, you know, their session might be just a surrendering, Mm. you know, an allowing of what will be to be, or, you know, I, I love my, my child. I love, um, you know, my, my life, um, I accept an acceptance of this chaos. Um, you know, I choose, I choose this life. So have you ever had a client, um, a family where something has happened that has been career ending that they can't, that athlete can't carry on and what kind of advice I know it is going to be I feel like it would be an actual legitimate grieving period they'd have to go through not just the athlete but the family as well because like you said all the time and effort going into that and that's obviously going to be an actual grieving process but what how would you support a family or have you supported a family who's had to go through that um so I haven't personally experienced that yet. Um from the sidelines I am witnessing um so she's not she's not my client but I am watching um as as I see an athlete that is getting ready to tell her family that she is ready to throw in the towel. Um, she's had enough. And it is definitely, you know, she's she's playing through high school, but she is ready to be done. Um, she doesn't want to pursue the the sport in college. And, you know, it's an interesting thing to watch because, after everything the family has invested, um, again, time and money, I think the family expected it to be their, you know, gravy train to college. And with her ability, I'm sure she could have gotten a scholarship. Um, so it is definitely an interesting thing to watch um, play out. Um, 
And it's, it's, it's hard on the parents because I'm sure they did not anticipate paying for college. Um, I'm sure they, they expected their daughter to continue playing and get a scholarship and they'd be off the hook uh, for paying for college, but she's had enough. She has had enough. And it's, it's unfortunate really, because I know the girl loves the sport, but she's just so physically and emotionally taxed and, and, and uh, over balancing the athletics and the academics and and the social trying to fit in seeing some friends every now and then which is nearly impossible and so the for her the and I I did ask her about it because she and my daughter are friendly and so I did quietly ask her about it and she said I I just can't imagine doing this for four more years at a college level and it was illuminating for sure. Um, I, what advice would you have for parents who say their child comes or say there's an injury or for some reason they are no longer, because some people will just identify as I am whatever athlete, right? Yes. That is what I yes. am. That identity I, is taken away. That for those sure. Parents, like, yes. So, yeah. so, so years ago before I, before I, I mean, years and years ago, I was, I was a classroom teacher 20 years ago and I knew, I knew this, um, situation. So we had a family friend whose son at the time was playing football at a very elite college. Um, he had been, he had been recruited from a local high school and he was playing at an elite college, huge huge kid. I mean, he was, you know, a linebacker or something. And he was no question going to go pro. No question. This kid was that good, that huge. Um, And there was no question this kid had the goods. And he got injured. And it, I mean, like crushing injury, crushing, I mean, career ending injury. And he was, he was on a team with someone who did go pro and went pro, like we're talking Super Bowl, legit Super Bowl winning pro. Um, and, and they had dreams. It was, it was one of those, you know, it could bring a tear to my eye. One of those stories where they were high school friends who both went to college and, you know, those, those kinds of stories where they were going to make it together and they were going to, you know, both win Super Bowl rings together and then live happily ever after as best friends. And the best friend got his Super Bowl ring. And this kid got, you know, a rotator cuff injury and ended up, you know, selling software. Um, And it broke that family. I mean, obviously they recovered, but they, they put everything into this kid growing up. I mean, from Pop Warner all the way through college, they hadn't missed a game. And so they were there the day that this 
injury happened. And it was, it's like what you saw in Jerry Maguire when they, when they saw, when they saw Rod on the field and it's like, get up, baby, get up, baby. And, and he, he, that was it. That was the injury that ended his career. And it, it was just for that family. It was like, oh no, he's not going pro. He's not going to make millions of dollars. He's not going to win a Super Bowl. And now he's, like you said, he's not a football player anymore. So who is he? And he had to go back to his dorm room and look in the mirror and figure out, I've been a football player for the last 15 years of my life. Who am I? And, you know, I don't know if he got himself a therapist to figure out who am I now? I I imagine he probably did because he'd never been or done anything else but football since he was, you know, five years old. And um, yeah, so I, I, I haven't encountered that yet, but I'm sure it'll come. So my, my question would be as well, though, um, the injury is, is one thing, but with your friend that you're watching, where she's electively choosing to opt out of that, yeah, the potential emotional danger that I can see for her parents is a resentment, perhaps, of we've done all this. And yeah, and you know, when you have a brand new baby, you love that baby just because they are them. But after a while of doing something so intensely for so long, it can sometimes become, well, my child is this, and it it could be hard for them to get back to. I love my child because they're my child, Mm. you know, as, as their self instead of the other identity. So I just kind of, I think that'd be a hard thing and how you would support someone to say, I love my child, regardless of if they're playing the sport that I paid thousands and thousands of dollars for them to do. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, and that's, yeah, that is something that I will be curious to see, to see play out because yeah, like you said, I mean, they've invested so much. They've gone to so many games and tournaments and every weekend it seems to be a different state, a different um, event. And to hear her say, I just don't want to do it anymore. I've had enough. And, and to think, to know that the parents probably expected that to be one child they didn't have to pay for. It will definitely be interesting. Oh, there's so many different thoughts I have about what you just said, but um, I think there could be a lot of ways that you look at it. You could, I think a lot of it comes down to when your expectations and your reality don't match up so if they're expecting not just the financial part of it which is a a huge part but also um they say we expected all of this to have fruition in whatever manner and now you've just told us that it won't to then say instead of we did all these things so that we would get this result you could say well we made a lot of good family memories yeah and be happy for what you did do you could just be to You'd have to have a mindset shift 
I think, to navigate through that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice reframe. Yeah. Because otherwise, oh my goodness, you could have so much sadness and it wouldn't be good for anybody. So, yeah. No, I mean, I would, I would hate to want to push my child into something knowing that you're only adding more stress and um, pressure on them. Yeah. Yeah. Doing something they don't, they clearly don't want to do anymore. Well, I guess it would come back to the parents' uh, motivations and priorities because do they want their child to do that? Because what, what I always tell my children is I want you to be a happy person and have a happy life. And if that means you're doing university, then that's great. If it means you're doing your own business, that's great. If it means you're a full-time parent, then that's great. But I want you to be happy. So my priority is that. But sometimes it can also um, become easy to prioritize. I want my child to excel at this because that will reflect well on me. Mm. Or it will make me feel like I'm involved in something that I could never personally achieve. So I guess it depends what the parent's. Yeah. desires and motivations are I suppose that's why it's so personal and why they need a, a coach through those sort of things yeah that's fair that's that's all very telling oh no what have I told you much? <laughs> all that's right good. well thank you so much um so where can people find you online gentle coaching is that correct with a j yes yes with a j for jenny Yes. Is it gentlecoaching.com? Yes. I try to make it easy. It's gentlecoaching.com. It's gentlecoaching on Instagram. Yes. Universally gentle coaching. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Yes. I'll leave the link below um, so that people can click the link below and find out or contact if they need more information or more coaching and to create that, um, I guess I, I think it sounds cheesy almost to say it or maybe not cheesy, but just overused to say create the space. But what it is, <laughs> is creating, um, carving out a time to really let your body relax and let your brain relax and connect with what you're actually wanting to do. So you don't just run wild constantly, but you actually have some right. time. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jenny. Thanks everybody. We'll see you. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks, Jenny.